podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. This is Good Brothers. Let's get into the show. Peace. I'm Majestic. Justice Raji, what's happening, my brother? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's that time again when we record. And that's right. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, what time is when. You know, time is a is a construct. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's a reality and a construct at the same time. You know what I'm saying? There's a there's a bigger word that I can't remember at the moment that I was uh listening to earlier this week. And I was like, yeah, you know, time. I mean, it's there, but also, you know, I mean, it's a relative re experience. So in any event, um, so uh wanted to add on to you today about a couple of things. So we started uh last month uh walking through the small acts uh series of movies. Uh, Steve McQueen and um and so wanted to get to the second one in the series, which is Lovers Rock. Uh, you know, kind of and I think in a sense, you know, closing out the month and uh looking to the future. And Steve McQueen, you know, it's uh, released in 2020. Like the other movies, um directed by Steve McQueen, co-written by McQueen and Cortia Newland. Uh and so I mean, we just dive into it. What uh, what, what was some of your what was one of your first thoughts? You know about the movie. You know, oh, oh, I guess so let me give people a little bit more context. So if you haven't watched it, you know, first it's on the Amazon Prime. If you have the Prime, or you got a buddy that's got the Prime, or you know somebody that love you that might use their password or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. watch it. Um, but it's about basically um, it's a romance film. I think you could say right, and it's about you know people meeting. At, a, at at least what I would frame as a jam, you know what I'm saying? You know, a function, a holiday, birthday function. It was a function. It was somebody's birthday, but it was a, it was a jam in the neighborhood, and um, and 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 then you know the rest happens from there. So, yeah, what were some of your you know first thoughts yeah. or, or insights? From well, you? one very similar to Mangrove, um, but pronounced in this case was the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the cinematography was really strong in capturing a mood, um, which is so I think that was like the most striking thing, which leads into my other point, which is like culture. And I think, you know, you and I have talked about this before, um, you know, for a variety of reasons, we have seen the black American experience or the American Black experience, however you want to frame it, but we'll just say Black American experience for this one, right? We've seen the, the Black American experience like so many different ways and, and played out in so many different ways. Uh, but we haven't seen other experiences. Like, for example, besides our perspective, whatever, Drake, you haven't seen the Black Canadian perspective. And even then, it's the Black Canadian perspective mixed with a Southern perspective. 
right? Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's kind of like you're still not seeing Black Toronto. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you're seeing parts of Black Toronto um, mixed with Memphis. So, or mixed with New Orleans when in the case of Young Money, right? So um, <clears throat> I think it's important that we know that there are Black experiences that happen outside of America. And Mangrove and, and Lover's Rock is especially important in this context that I think you can see similarities, but also differences, right? And the power of seeing the similarities of, oh, okay, they're throwing a party like we throwing a party. Like you said, they was throwing like a house party, right? And so unless you're a certain time, I don't know if young people still have house parties, I guess they call them kickbacks, but they seem to be outside and with hookah, I guess now. <laughs> hookah, hookah has replaced like weed and cigarettes yeah. and whatever. Like, but this idea of we're going to be in somebody's house and we're moving everything out to the space in order to have a party, right? Mm-hmm. So those of us of a certain age remember that being that being something consistent, right? I mean, obviously house party was done in a way, way different kind of form, but that premise, right? If we're going to have a party, we're going to have different kinds of music being played, we're going to have food, alcohol. There's going to be, you know, uh, both genders there, and we're going to have a function, right? Right. right. So somebody might, somebody might end up getting beat up. <laughs> and they know, was, later. yeah, yeah. They was having the next level drone too, because they was making dinners. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't right. even just right. <laughs> it was like it was. They had to have cooking in the pots over there. They had the pots rolling. I said, oh, but man. you know what, God? I think I think it's part of like in the '60s, black folks <laughs> yeah. had parties like that too. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, it got to the point that by our time of coming in house parties, it was, you know, uh, either you smoke, drank, or whatever. They had forties there, or they had something else, right? <laughs> they, you know, shout out to Red Bull and Blue Bull. You know, what I mean, I know they get young folks know nothing about their Red oh, Bull. Oh man, Bull. the Blue Bull though. And, and then why? And then I used to, I used to now, I guess, as an adult, I reflect on what did we think was different? <laughs> like somebody be like, yo, no, 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 I'm on with Blue Bull. I actually tried to go back and drink Blue Bull recently. Not recently, but a couple of years ago to be like, I don't know what was different than any other <laughs> malt liquor. But anyway, I, I think it was part of that. And, and this is, I think, the third thing that I thought was really important as part of it. Um, the community, right? Like it framed like Black Britain and how it was a multi, you know, generational affair like someone's parents is in there cooking you know reminding people of the food of their you know countries of the food that's cooked in their house right mm-hmm. and, and just like what does that mean when you're affirming community in a way and i think that um you know again steve mcqueen is brilliant in his way of making sure he's affirming the community of black britain right like He's not he's not running away from the issues of Black Britain, but he's also even in that always affirming the relationship of the, you know, the community to each other. And I think, you know, that's something that's a really powerful kind of like part of of uh, of the movie. What was your take on it, Justin? Uh, well, the, the first like, I mean, the thing that I, that 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 I when I first you know, finished the movie. And that feeling, the feeling of going to, you know what I mean? Like a general, like a house party, a jam, somebody, you know, spot, you know, like, you know, now, like I said, by the time, you know, I was in high school, I, you know, I remember the last, you know, couple house parties that I went to, 
you know, and usually it was, you know, like they weren't, you know, they weren't invite only, but they were sort of invite only. Like it was like, you know, like somebody told you, like if somebody didn't tell you about the party, it was kind of like that was your signal that maybe you wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying like, like if you heard it third person, like, oh, you're what's name? Like you could go, but you had in your mind a sense of tension, right? Just because, you know, yeah, it wasn't like, for you. Like, yeah, yeah, you could be there, but it wasn't for you. It right. was like the parties that you, you showed up at, but at the end of the day, like it was for the other homies that had put the party together. Yeah, I mean, so like, I'm, if I'm it's, right if like if it's food, they tell you oh, that's for the family. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like that. And you could get beat up. And the other part about that, you know what I mean, is was you could be at the wrong party and Yo. realize that, like, you know, for us, like, all right, you coming from you coming from 60th Street, or you coming from Hope Bar Street, or you coming from now 63rd Street, and you and now Southside is over there. Well, now 61st Street is over there, and it's they party. Like you got invited. But it's, it's a 61st Street party, right? right? <laughs> it ain't y'all party. It's a Vine Street party. Shout out yeah. to Hollywood and Vine. Like, it ain't it ain't they party. It's y'all, you know, it ain't your party. So you got to the party, but you ain't really comfortable. Yeah. And so watching the movie, I, w- I had them like, yo, am I, like, is something about, is everything cool? Because I don't know these people. <laughs> like, I've literally had those feelings of like, remembering when you go into a, a function and you don't really know them folks. Yeah, you know I'm saying, and so when like when the sisters they are like you know big man at the door, boss man at the door. Yeah, you know I'm saying, like he ready to you know break both your wrists if he got yeah. to. Yeah, you know I'm saying, like yeah, y'all y'all ladies, you know ladies, you come in, you two. Now nah, y'all got to pay. Like y'all, y'all two dudes going to kick in. Y'all coming in the party, and then you know so they you know they you know clearly it was like nobody knew them. <laughs> But right. they was at the party, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, so then, it, and I've seen that. You know I mean, it was like being someplace I've been, you know what I'm saying, in terms of the social dynamics of of, of a function and a sort of like, okay, well, you know what I'm saying? Like I've, been, like, I've been next to, you know, sisters I knew who didn't look at some of them that came in the party, like, who are they? What they doing, you know what I'm saying, at this party? Like, almost like, you know what I'm saying, you know, whatever level of possession they felt <laughs> about what was going to happen or the, the hierarchy of flyness in the room and shit. They, they, they messed up the hierarchy. Right, right, right. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is my party. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, and then, then the, so, so like that feeling, I think, and, and I, I, I think it was an intentional in the structure of the story, at least that you would, if, you know, maybe and again, this might be totally justice reading the world through justice eyes, but if you, that you would fit, this is how it feels. Like if I, you dropped me off in a neighborhood in 1974 as a fully realized justice who somehow came out of his body two years before he actually got on earth and went to the party, like I'm from the States. I don't know nothing about what's about to happen in here. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm visited by my distant, distant cousin from the Virgin Islands who <laughs> somehow invited me, you know, over here. Right. And I already know what's going on. But, you know, it's I, like, but then other parts are totally things. Like, it's, it's, it's people, first of all. It's music playing. It's food cooking. It's dancing going on. I know exactly what that is in one sense, but also I totally don't know what that is in another sense. Um, so that feeling pervaded me. The um, The sense that that the movie established um, and, and picking up on the same note you you speaking to, like sort of a community exists here, right? That has expectations. And something that I thought was subtle and actually between both of these movies is sort of the reality, like that, that we as like black people in America, we, we are well developed in the concept of like, 
like if you're black, you're black from like it's like you're not like I'm from I'm black from whatever part of the region of America being black as black. Like you could do that when you in where you at, but once you leave where you at, like you kind of see you see a, a a general sense of blackness or assumption of blackness. Right. And I felt like in the movie there was this sort of melding of like West we're West Indian. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, like folks, Trinidad, Jamaica, the, you know, you know, Tobago, you know, this island, that island. But then it's like, we're West Indian. Like it's happening here. You know what I mean? And it's sort of, you know, um, you know even when, um, when uh, her and the brother start, you know, kicking it, start, 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 start adding on. And she's like, oh no, like oh, I'm from this part of Jamaica. And she's like, you know, and then I thought it was ill was an ill again like familiar but unfamiliar nuance like sort of them checking to make sure they wasn't relatives <laughs> right you know what I'm it was like real quick like oh where are your people from uh, oh cool right like that is a a very real phenomenon that you know especially when you deal with the with, with you know with the migration of black folks you know the in in the in, 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 in you know as that happened where if you your people was from the same state you know you you got to check in real quick like wait a minute where are your people from right yeah, you know I'm saying right. y'all might be cousins. Like you, you know, right. it, it could happen. You know what I mean? You might be what's your, what's, right. What's your what's your grandmother name and stuff? Right. Y'all kind of shit like that. Like, <laughs> right. like, they said it was what uncle? <laughs> yeah, like the uncle that did this. What, what uncle was y'all from? What, what part of Greensboro? Like you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, 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 that's the real. That's like you know. And so it was ill seeing those sort of experiences, and then you know realizing, like I said, that you know the the wind rush generation on them dealing with a much like almost a faster you know, a more tight progression. So it's almost like a snapshot of what it would have been like, you know, when my great grandfather left South, you know, came back for the, with the military and never went back to South Carolina, you know, and went to, you know, North Jersey and New York and shit. Like, I'm sure it was, you know, people got off thing. Like, yeah, I'm from, you know, Darlington, South Carolina too. Like, who's your people, you know, who's your people, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, that aspect was ill. And then just the, the, the music, you know, like I had to, you know, I, you know, I, I had a shame to say it. I turn on the Shazam whenever it was some song I kind of like. Let me let me get the boop, save that to the memory banks because it was, right. um, you know, I love the way he weaved the, the the music, the different music, and how it shows up differently in the way people was doing what they was doing throughout the film, right? Like so, in the beginning, when the sisters is cooking and they singing the song. And then, you know, and that song got a certain energy, you know, when the party start, it's got a certain feel like, you know, our, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it. But like, you know, our first thing we was watching, it was like, oh, man, why why only they dancing? Like, because it was like just the women was dancing and it was like all these dudes just sort of on the side. You know what I mean? You know, the the, the and then even with that, I thought it was dope. The sort of like the, the way it gave everyone a character. But, you know, so it was like the brothers that was like, they had, they had, they, you know what I mean? They had their locks, they had their hats on, it was, it was rolling up the doobies, There's, you know, and then it was brother, it was, you know, Bammy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who, you know, seemed like he was with the business or at least was up something, you know, but then, you know, Bammy was over there, like they had different styles, but they was all in the same party, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the DJs was getting set up. Um, so that was my first thoughts. I probably went, went along, I won't come back around. Um, speaking to sort of, the, the the community of it all uh, what was something that um that that stood out for you you know in terms of just like 
how it represented that space. And I was trying to see if, if it was a, you know, I, I think we're led to believe that it was in sort of in the same, you know, Notting Hill or um, what's the other neighborhood area, but it, I, I couldn't find anything to know for sure if we're supposed to see this as happening in a certain area or not. Um, so it, it's, it's taking place in West London, which is similar, mm-hmm. like West, I mean, but West London, like saying Brooklyn, in some senses, but like, you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's taking place in West London. Um, I think it's also interesting how, you, you know, for people to watch it, but you see like this, uh, ev- this minimal but present threatening of whiteness. Mm. Right. And I think that's also something that's important for people to remember that, yes, in 1978 or 1979 in Britain, it was still dangerous for black people to be certain places. Yep. Right. Like and and how do you roll that into a movie to kind of show that, yeah, you know what? A woman might not be able to walk down the street by herself in 1979, 1980 in Britain. Right. In that sense of place that could become dark really fast, mm. right? And I think in America, we are well aware of the sense of place that can become dark really fast, um, whether it being from kind of state-sponsored terror or um, or even some inter-community issues, right? Where your sense of place goes from happy to dangerous and no second flat, right? Like, boom, okay, shit's dangerous now. Um, mm. So I thought that that was that was an important kind of part of it, and also to to your point, I think the idea, and it doesn't come up in a lot of our movies right now, but this idea of like, yeah, they go to rosters. Oh yeah, them them is the hustlers over there. Them is these people over here. Like these are the people getting used to being in England, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and all that, and and all that is composes of a community, right? Um. And especially during a time when, again, when communities are uh, in their formative stages of being comfortable with a sense of space and a sense of place. Um, Another thing I wanted to get back to that I thought was a really, really interesting part of the movie that doesn't come out this way, but I think we should understand it from this context, is actual the music itself. Like, I think the music itself, to your point, you said a little earlier, is a character. Yeah. You know what I mean? The the music itself is a character. And that ranges from, you know, and just for context, I think, for people to kind of get an understanding that the music called Lover's Rock is obviously a form of reggae, but it had its kind of base in becoming a musical subgenre, if you will, in England. Right. So I think that's also an important part of this movie is that when you think of reggae, obviously you think of Jamaica um, and its various forms of, you know, when you say sky, dance hall, you know, all the different forms that we that we kind of now know. But Lover's Rock is a component of it that had its basic foundation is also a um, a documentary on the early Lover's Rock artists um, Mm. that is worth checking out. Yeah, um, that kind of still, it was done like in 2000, maybe like 13 or 14, but it still has many of the early Lovers Rock singers that mm. talked about their history in uh, not only London, but also Manchester. Um, they had a lot of stuff happening too. So you kind of have this music that's based upon, obviously, reggae, 
of like a reggae beat, but also kind of American soul singing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you have this mix that happens in Britain and becomes like a musical form. Right. Whereas like in 78 and 79, I mean, you still we're still talking about Dennis Brown and Bob and Uroy and you know what I'm saying, Jacob Miller. Like we're talking about some other kind of stuff happening in Jamaica at that time. And then in America, we were just getting adjusted and accommodated to whatever that really was, right? Right, right. That was, that was you know, we don't like to talk about it now because we all feel like we're, you know, globally fooled because of Afrobeat and, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> all this kind of stuff. But like, there was a time where Black folks in America were kind of being also like, reggae is like some other kind of music. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. uh, that's a that's my that's some jungle music shit. I mean, it's keeping it a bean, like you know what I mean. So, just you know, thinking about that, but thinking about how this comes up and and this music develops there with this mix of you know, kind of Americans uh, owing to the American soul style singing, and at the same time owing to this beat that they do. Um, and an interesting part of that, as in kind of growth or outgrowth of this. Is you see the you see lovers rock play itself out, even in artists like Shy Day later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which took like that example of this like singer with this voice and some of the kind of reggae sounding beats of you know at that time. I mean, Shy Day is eighty five. You put it in context. This is supposed to be seventy eight or seventy nine. Right. Right. So So it's formative. That's right. It's formative. Yeah. It's just like pre-formative of stuff like that. And and Stuart Matheson and and all them talk about the fact of being influenced by the reggae scene and lovers rock scene in articles I've read. So anyway, like you get this origin. Then also you get like the UB40s of the world, right? You get the simply reds that once you now go back and listen to it definitely were influenced by Lovers Rock, right? Definitely what we now call in America, if we would give it a context of blue-eyed soul, right? Like that's what we would call it. Like, okay, that's blue-eyed soul. That's like Hall of Notes. But them guys ain't Hall of Notes. They're from England. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, they're just, they're just not Hall of Notes. So, um, so, yeah. So I just think, like, the music itself was just a really powerful one. And then also, one of the pieces I wanted to touch on was, like, how they just kept bringing that song back, uh, you know, uh, that was like so infamous of that time and how at one point everybody just shuts down and starts singing the song, right? It's just like, and everybody in the spot knows the song. It's called Silly Games um, by Janet Kay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And people sing the song for like, the inter- you know, they just sing it a cappella. Now, again, if you think about you go to certain parties, for example, when Lil' Kim come on all about the Benjamins, right? You could cut off the beat and yeah. get every woman to the dance floor and you want to rumble with the beat, huh? <laughs> so, hey, so the whole family. <laughs> just like, like the old man. Right? So, <laughs> so, again, we all have these parts of our communities where that happens. Uh, when you cut off slick children's stories, say, uh, look at the window. Guess who he's all day to dope shooting dope who don't know the meaning of water nor so. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we, we just have these parts. So it just again is part of this like collective black experience, which I think is very affirming um to 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 see and to watch. 
in the last part of the musical kind of space for me was when they put the dub plates on and they were oh, reaching yeah. almost like this really ecstatic um, experience via the dub plates. You know what yeah, I mean? And, yeah. and the dancing and, you know what I'm saying, just like this really pitch that people get wound up into. And I think we talked about it a little earlier in another episode, but like this idea of the ecstatic and, and how you reach the ecstatic and how people often will say that the ecstatic is left for like religious services. But when you really think about it, it's about like kind of the music and how the music engages your brain and your yeah. body, right? Yeah. And how the dub the dub plates were doing that for them and to really show that that like this was a part of how people party um was 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 dope. Yeah and I and I I mean I'm glad you got that because I thought that was um I mean that was just a super ill scene. You know what I mean? Because it was like you know a boy get to the get to the spot and I you know and I was trying to figure out the angle like what was what was what was homie's relationship to all this you know because he you know I don't want to ruin it for people that ain't watch it yet but um well look yeah six months let me figure it out the uh <laughs> the uh you know he get there and like I said boss man at the door obviously is like hey man I know about you I like you know, I just thought he just thought he was, you know, I mean, he wasn't dressed appropriately. Like he just didn't look like he was supposed to be there. But then I think I got the sense that maybe it was sort of like, this is the one, like he the one that's going to come in here with, with that certain, with that energy. And so right. when they get, uh, it did, you know, then when they get into the drawer and the one, <laughs> so I was remarking too, because even then it was like, I mean, obviously you needed more people with the DJ just because you had all that damn equipment, you know, right. with, the, with the music, but it was like the one boy who just, just stood right to the right of the table. Either he must be the one with the hammer on him, or right, <laughs> or whatever his job was in the, in the operation is. He just looked at everybody. He ain't handled no records. <laughs> he ain't, he ain't <laughs> get nobody no water. He just stood right there in front of the, the joint to the right of the table, looking. And when they look, I'm like, damn, they got they about to scrap. Like, what's about to happen? They going to have a rumble. And then it was almost like, oh wait, hold up, you know, your man's is here. <laughs> and then they was like put it on and then the way it transitioned you know what i mean and it was like you know I, I i i mean i mean there's a list of them now but all of the songs you can think of that sort of like oddly enough where men who even men who don't dance start dancing right <laughs> yeah you know I mean? and i think that's especially in our culture here because you know there's a fair amount of you know you know we we wasn't necessarily on on that wallflower energy but you know there's a fair amount of men that sort of like I already dance you know what I'm saying right yeah you know I mean but you put the you get the, the, the get hype song on they feel it, you know like the brotherhood to jump out there and just ah and, they, and when they just and then they just kept you know, play it again like <laughs> run, run, run that thing back and then it was you know and then it was ill too just from a like watching the way you know it was just one table like they were just playing 45s on one joint it wasn't no like what you put it was pitchy scratch it was like you know and they was always doing the sounds in between so you could switch the transitions you know those are, are things that you know i pick out you know as a you know, you know from our our history in terms of music and performance um but i think it's also i remember something uh you know, uh, when you see like the, the 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 radio mix of like a like a James Brown joint that was intended so that you could not the radio like this, the party mix that was like twenty minutes, so you could if you had a house party, you could put that joint on and it would go, you know, fifteen twenty. So then you know you could 
you can get your thing. You can get to get it in. You know what I mean? You right. wouldn't have to, if you ain't need to, you know, just as, you know, those who now with all these different tools we got, you know, you may think, how could the music ever stop? You could just, you know, be nah, man. Like it was a time where you, you know, I had, we had the, the record player that you could put the one record on and it had the little thing so you could have another record up on right. top and then it would drop down <laughs> so you could play the second record. You know what I'm saying? I thought that was the most magical thing ever. I was like, man, this is, I was, I was trying to figure out, you know, when I saw my mom set it up once and I was like, wait, so you're telling me that record is going to start playing after this record? That's crazy. It's like, you know, this is, this is like space stuff. You know what I'm saying? But, right. you know, to keep the party going, to keep the energy going. And it was just, I mean, it, it is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, and then I enjoy, I liked how long he let you experience that. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't, it's like that, I don't know when this is going to end. <laughs> right. You'd be at a party like, you'd be like, damn, man, they hype. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, a couple different people I have an experience because I didn't live, I wasn't, we wasn't, uh, you know, at HBCU or in, really in that demographic no more when like Nuck If You Buck came out. But, you know, there's a contingent, you know, there's clubs all across America that had to tell people stop playing that. <laughs> right. Because, uh, and what's the other one? Is it Taylor Club up that same song? There's that one. I mean, Annie up, you know, got the same kind of energy, you know, again. Well, listen, even think about Go-Go's, like, think about oh, when, yeah. when, when the DC people <laughs> start playing Go-Go and the song is eight minutes long. Right. <laughs> And then they got a whole part where now you start calling out your neighborhood and doing this. <laughs> and now you do a dance. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, but these are cultural these signifiers, right? These are yeah. cultural similarities that happen when it's like, yeah, no, we keep, we, we're going to keep dancing, right? Like, we're going to keep the party going. Like you said, you know, one of the big changes is like, you know, you think about songs today. Songs today is like, in, in the 80s, you would say a song was four minutes and some seconds, right? Three mm-hmm. verses and some choruses. Well, mm-hmm. now songs would be like two minutes and 40 seconds, yeah. right? Like the song is extremely short because people's attention spans are extremely short. So the song is like, all right, the song ain't going to be on too long. You got to figure out what to do with this. You see what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but back then, it's like, yeah, play it, wheel it back. You know what I mean? Like play it again. So we can do something different this time. And again, just like that cultural signifier that, you know, if you come in from, and not just if you're, you know, uh, black, you, you know, Gavin, if you're brown, like it happened in any community of just like, this is a the cultural signifier of the role of music. And so I just really think um, they did a masterful job of making music a character and a, and, and a part of the movie so that it stood out to that level. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, the only other thing I, I, I wanted to pull out to this overall was the sense of like, and re- reaching back to the like, you 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 need somewhere to go be social, and and, and smile and and have some fun and have a good night, and that house parties and those sorts of functions, um, you know, were. And, and and in some ways still are. I mean, I would say, you know, uh, the young people here, you know, the problems with the Airbnb parties. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them is, you know, young people. 
you know, here it's a pretty regular thing when somebody somebody get the Airbnb and then the, the you know the youngins is up there. You know, I don't know how they you know they DJ them. Seem like they just play music off a speaker. I don't really know, but the um the, but the general concept of like when you really go to a good like jam, you kind of get to be you know like you're in the world, but you're kind of like it's it becomes safe in a sense. I mean, even whatever the risks in the room, the room still got risks. <laughs> as we know but the it's it's not the risk that if you y'all was outside or you was at you know the bar or some club or whatever you know what i mean because you kind of in a spot mostly everybody here is supposed to be here you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying or knows you know somehow connected to this so we could kind of let you know, let your hair down so to speak you know what i'm saying you unbutton the top button on your shirt a little bit you know what I mean, right. and, and 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 you know, let it swing, swing, and, and you know, have a, have a good time. And I think how important that is, um, you know, akin to you know, probably especially our parents' generation, but our generation, yeah, you know, go upstairs, the adults, but you know, about to kick it, you know, what I'm saying, or go right. downstairs, or go some other space, go somewhere else. <laughs> some we don't adults. go <laughs> right. So don't come out your room. Don't be adults, right? Don't <laughs> and don't come out your room. And if you smell something, if you smell something going on, you mind your business. Mind your business. You know what I'm saying, like. <laughs> That that aspect, you know, for you know, people in in you know, black people and other people who are in a space where they are they they are there, but they are not necessarily welcome. And that you have to create that space to still have um, you know, those social times to dance, to meet and greet, you know what I'm saying, to introduce yourself to people, to, you know, to, to get some the distance from whatever the rest of your life is about and whatever you're doing. So you could just, you know, have some fun, you know, decompress, you know, maybe meet somebody. I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe you, you know, make a make make a love connection like they did in the in the in the journal. But the idea of that and how important that still is, and and I and I think about sometimes as as a phenomenon of you know, socially that like, you know, I, 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 I would say, I think of that people having somewhere to gather, you mm-hmm. know, and to connect is, is, you know, it's still important. And I think as we come out of the pandemic, folks will read, I, I expect a resurgence in the house party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe at a different scale, at least for, you know, people my age, I, I ain't having no hundred people. I don't know. My house. <laughs> I was never gonna have that many people up in my house though. That's that's you know, but we we you know I mean we we facilitated some um we did. Say, actions of, of a house color house form, you know what I'm saying? We, our, we did that that were that time. were infamous for those times. Hey man, they was fantastic events, you know what I'm saying? Everybody yeah, came dangerous <laughs> alcohol and music and <laughs> yeah, man. It's good times, man. You know, well, you know, and I think that it's I think that there's, there's especially you know when you're operating um you how you say high interest low resources right <laughs> you're like look man i want to go mm. kick it somewhere but i can't i can't spend you know i can't play pay twenty dollars to get in a place buy a drink put on a fancy mm. you know uh, you know i don't know what fancy outfit means these days but fancy outfit and travel the drip, man. The drip you, i gotta put the drip oh, on man that's what that's what the, that's what the young people say man say the drip that. man yeah, no, they they got that's that. Fan, that's a fancy outfit, man. It's called yeah. a drip, man. All right, they need. Yeah. To <laughs> Come on, man. It's like the big. It's like the belts, man. You got the shirt with some rips in it. You know what I mean? The drip. <laughs> got to, you know what I mean? You got to get. Got to have a shirt with with like a gorilla on the front or something. 
from some expensive some expensive designer. Expensive, you know okay. I mean? That's See, the trip, I need, man. I need to make me like five of them expensive t-shirts. Or, or, the, or those big, those big, uh, those big shoes that look like somebody's pop shoes, the orthopedic shoes. That's the drip, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, big you shoes got, tight, tight you on your calves. Yeah. Oh, tight big on your shoes, calves. Tight on your calves. You know, add a couple inches to you, man. You know what I mean? Drip, man. Come on, man. Listen, man. Next time we go out of town, we're gonna, we're gonna go somewhere, man. I'll show you where the drip is. Show you where the drip's at. All right, man. You gonna do? We're gonna do special. We're gonna do a special episode. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We get the drip. <laughs> I, I'm counting on you to, to put me down. You know what I mean? Because I want yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to be out of pace with, with the young folks too far. You the know what I'm drip, the, listen, man. You know what I'm saying? You get the drip, man. So yeah, <laughs> down. So that listen. I mean, I I want to save, you know, save some folks to go check it themselves. Um, but any any closing thoughts before we, we transition to a couple of them? Um, just again, man. I mean, I think Steve McQueen is doing something really important. He's chronicling an experience that is good for the world to acknowledge, but especially good for Americans to acknowledge. who We often can't see and often are not given information about the experiences of people from the diaspora and the similarities and differences. I just think it helps our, 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 ourselves, it helps our children. I'll say briefly, I also watch uh, In the Long Run. Um, it's a show created from written and created by Idris Elba and some others. Mm. Um, and it, it's his story of growing up in the like uh, mid to late eighties inside the projects in London. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's fascinating the similarities yet the differences, but you know, you can watch it. And at the same time, you're like, Oh, okay. That experience is someone's mom come to live with the family. Okay. Everyone's had experience. So my grandma or someone's mom come to live with the family. How, mm. Now you got to move into sleep on the couch and that person ain't never happy and none of y'all cook. And you know what I mean? <laughs> so the only difference is, is somebody coming from Sierra Leone versus somebody coming back up from Virginia. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And so I just think it's really good for us to have a global understanding of the diaspora. So uh, please just, it's, it's, it's worth to check it out. Word, word. The only thing I will add in that transition is definitely like, you know, I think it's, I think we have the ability in this time to have a, a higher level of visibility about each other. You know what I'm saying? In terms of, in terms of the African diaspora, the black diaspora, you know, globally and at any opportunity. And then even within, you know, like I said, even within our, you know, our, our American framework of blackness, you know what I'm saying? You know, tapping in to, to see how your other folks are living and what they're into as opposed to, you know, I don't know, making some other, you know, some other kind of voyage of other type of, you know, uh, study of it. Like, go just see what they're producing, you know, hear their stories. You know what I mean? And I think that I, I, I would like to see more people, you know, sharing their stories, sharing their slices of life. Because, um, again, I, th- I think that it is, is, I think it does more to connect us. <laughs> You know what I mean? Sometimes then like then the then the like very like this is our political philosophy of how we're going to get together. Like that's we need that right. thought and we need that processing and analysis, but we also need to, all right, I see how y'all live and like how y'all kick it and how what things are important to you, what nuances matter, 
And I can see myself in there, but also I can see how you, you know, live differently or how you've experienced things differently or stuff that I didn't maybe understand, like why they get down like that. It's like, oh, they, okay. Like they, that happens because of these other factors. Right. And so I think the more we see each other, the more visibility that we have of our, of our collective experiences, the, you know, the easier it would be for us to find the space to, you know, add on together. So, um, yeah. So in a transition um you you shared some news with me that i didn't even um i didn't even get didn't come up on my radar could you you know i mean on uh the das and pioneers and 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 black radio um so could you uh yeah run that down for me (laughs) yeah yeah you know man it's something i just wanted to it made me think a little bit just about kind of where we are and where we're headed and this in return so Folks who were listening, um, uh, you know, both me and Jess are from Delaware Valley area, um, so you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Um, and so, you know, our one of our black FM stations for a long time, it is no longer black owned for a long time, was black owned was WDAS FM. And, um, you know, so DAS, I would say, like a lot of black radio stations during that time had a mix of, hey, you know, we're going to give you talk radio. We're going to give you, you know, morning DJs. We're going to give you information about the community. We're going to support things that support Black people. Uh, we're going to play the oldies on Sunday nights. And we're going to play the Quiet Storm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, this is before, you know, when these, frankly, when these stations still were getting adjusted to hip-hop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so hip-hop got played, you know, Saturday night. And when it was live and direct from the club, so they didn't have to play it. They just had to... <laughs> had to do the live and direct uh, club uh, set. You know what I mean? Where they play, uh, remember Knox and Boots? Uh, <laughs> remember that song? <laughs> um, dude was from Jersey, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Knox and Boots. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That was, you know Sam the Beast, that was his name. Sam mm-hmm. the Beast. Um, anyway, so, um, so t- in the last week, two pioneers of black radio in Philadelphia, uh, you know, died. One being Cody Anderson, who was the general manager of WDAS for some time. And then when DAS got sold, he went on to become the general manager of the only Black-owned radio station in Philadelphia now. It was WURD, Word Radio, uh, owned by the Lomax family. Mm. Um, and so, you know, just he was a pioneer. He was involved in so much more beyond radio, involved in politics, involved in so much, involved in stuff around education, stuff around the youth. Um, and it just was, you know, kind of the, the passing of an era just with you had people that were about using the role of radio to convey a message and do things for our people. When as part of even some of this dialogue, we didn't have a lot of means to do that. You know, they used the means of black radio to do that, to transfer information, to transfer messages, to have conversations, you know, to speak about what is the future of, of in this sense, the, you know, black Philadelphia or, you know, the black, the black community in that area. And then also um, Tony Brown, who was the DJ and the host of the quiet storm um, passed as well. And so, you know, for those who don't know the origin of the quiet storm is in Washington, DC um, with Howard's radio station, WHUR and, you know, started like in the mid to late seventies and then spread as a, um, kind of way, uh, a segment across black, across cities and black radio, like wildfire. Right. 
um, and just having this this time to play a certain kind of music. And um, Philadelphia's Quiet Storm was, you know, amongst the best in the country. Um, and so it just really got me to thinking about the role of Black radio then and now, and then especially with like satellite radio and podcasting and video, and like just the internet being the way that we are conveying information. And I think it's a powerful one and can be an inspirational one, but also it loses its individual touch. Like, so if you're watching even Roland Martin, Roland Martin's going to talk about a national black issue, but he's not going to talk about Houston. Like he's mm-hmm. not going to talk about Cincinnati, right? Like what do black folks in Cincinnati need to be thinking about? What do black folks in Memphis need to be thinking about? Um, in the role of radio and really doing that and being for black people and by black people, you know, food for it was a label, right? Like, and really speaking to our goals and our needs. And so just really pot, you know, really thinking about it and thinking about the future of that and like that what we have now, I would say is necessary, but somewhat insufficient when it comes to local, localized challenges and localized opportunities and localized just all the things local for a community. And then uh, Cody Anderson and then um and Tony Brown, you know, mute radio. You know, not just Philadelphia, not just black people, radio laws, really important part. So I just wanted to kind of share that. All right. Uh, yeah. Um thing I remember, and, and you correct me if I'm if I'm if I'm misremembering, but I think I remember literally like uh the, the quiet storm always starting with the quiet storm. <laughs> like like it'd be like yeah. it's like it's that Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he be like, "This is Tony Brown." Tony Brown. Sorry. Then he, then he hit it. Yes, FM. they hit it with you, and then he hit you with the uh, what's the joint? The the outer noise joint. Yep. At midnight. Like that's every- right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's it. That you know, that's when black folks when we was like the outer noise. That was like some amazing shit. That's like who created this instrumental <laughs> with these noises? This is amazing. <laughs> This is amazing, man. Like you know, I remember when you couldn't get it on tape, you couldn't find it. Right. Like, when like, somebody got that like off a of record for me, and it was like gold when they got that off. Like, like man, the art of noise. Um, oh which, goodness. As as an interesting aside, uh, connecting back to what we're talking about, not to go too off, but the art of noise was done by some of the same producers who did Buffalo Girls with Malcolm hmm. McLaren and the world famous <laughs> Supreme Team. And right. if you listen, in, at, out of England. And yeah. if you listen to the beats and to the drum tracks, they were some of the first like folks to use drum machines even before Davy DMX and and all and Mantronics in America. Mm. So that that's the unique thing about the art of noise was the use of like the drum tracks and multiple drum tracks and them weird sounds that would come on like ow 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 <laughs> like, like hold on yeah like you messing with the sound like it's all smooth like it's all like dun, dun, dun. you're like you're like damn this is my this is my shit then it's like ow ow like yo, what in the trine is going on here? But um, but yeah. So I just want that. That's the side of it. But yeah, just um, yeah, it, just that culture, like you said, of knowing it starts with the quiet storm. You know how somebody go off like WDAS FM. You know what I mean? Playing yeah. our noise. It's like that cultural, those cultural signifiers and that cultural importance for people yeah. is that that becomes part of your memory. Yeah, and like the the nights, especially these for me, I remember, like um. I got a little older in my teens, but like the, you know, preteens, you stay up doing something, 
know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, you know, you'd be up late for no reason when you're young, if, 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 if you were allowed to do so. I had a lot of, you know, you know, I would say, I, I'm realizing I had a lot of personal freedom. <laughs> I say to other people who were sort of like, well, look, y'all, we all in the house. And my mom would be like, oh, it's, you know, 10 o'clock Friday, she gonna lay down. Like, if you up, you right. up. If you ain't up, you ain't up. But, you know, just don't do nothing. You know, don't break nothing. <laughs> don't don't break nothing. And, and, don't, and don't start eating. Don't start eating a whole bunch of food because the kitchen is closed. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, I'd be up, you know, figuring out playing video games. And, you know, if I had, it, if you know, times, well, times when I had a video game, once I had a video game, I never broke them. But, like, you know, sometimes we had cables, sometimes we didn't. So that's I, you know, so it'd be up and I might play, you know, Tecmo Bowl or try and play through the when the Tecmo Super Bowl came out, you know, I try to play through my season. Then I put on the DAS, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's a quiet storm. And then you do like when you try to figure out when is the quiet storm in, you know what I'm saying? Because I ain't really know when it was over. Because usually by by art of noise time, if I was up like on a regular day where I had school or something, you know what I mean? If I was listening to the radio at all, you know, shortly after I would be asleep. So I didn't know. It was like, you know, it was like, what's on the other side of the rainbow? I don't know what's on the other side of the rainbow. And it was like, one night, I'm staying up <laughs> to find out what happens with, with the quiet storm stops. You know what I'm saying? And then right. it just kind of goes back, sort of goes back to regular, you know, DAS music. music. But, yeah, it goes so back to, knew? yeah, the shit, the shit they play at two o'clock in the morning from two to six until the, rec- until the what's the name comes <laughs> up. No. It- but like, how important, and, and, and it, it sometimes does sadden me to a degree, the degree to which like, I've detached from broadcast radio. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You know, honestly, out of, in many ways, out of necessity that like it became, um, I mean, one, when you're in the city, you know, Pittsburgh, Whammo was, was still cracking, but you know, we was doing music and, and it, Whammo wasn't always playing the music that we liked. You know what I mean? Right. Even though it was the black station. Um, you know, I didn't have a portable device anymore that played radio on it, right? Because that was used to be a thing. Like your Walkman came with the radio and 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 a, and a tape player. You know what I mean? And now, I mean, I guess now on your phone you can listen to just about anything. And um, so I think you know, there's the the possibility. You know what I mean? But I but I, I think that the the culture has not fully with the culture of choice that we have now. You got to really go. Like I'm gonna go listen to the black radio station. Um, you mean by thinking tune with so I said earlier, that you do have the opportunity, like if you know about somebody's, you know, media that they're creating, you know what I mean? It's about or that that's centered on black issues or from a black place, um, that you could tap in. Like you listen to the Ricky Smiley show, you know what I mean, every day if you want to, you know, on the internet. Right. So you can get a get a sense of the South and also, you know, you know, you know, South as a region, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was listening to uh it's called The Scenario. It's a okay. show. Uh, I think the brothers, I think they're out of like the Memphis area. You know what I'm saying? But, it's, you know, it's, it's more of a, a conversational show. So it's not like about Memphis itself, but it is more of a Southern, again, like conversation or at least the roots of, of who's speaking. That's where they live at in terms of black people. You know what I mean? You can, you can go access and even hear, you know, some folks, I think I told you about this, called The Numbers FM. Um... And you know it's basically it's a, it's a low power. They bought black brothers, black people, black brothers and sisters. I believe are involved. Um, you know, bought a low power uh, uh, FM, John. So you can't you can get it kind of in Portland in East uh, Portland, but you can go online. And you know, an initial thing that they've been doing in terms of the structure to play, you know, for the for the playlist is that they have you know people from the community put together 
a playlist and do a drop. And then they, that's how the programming go. And then I think they've added some, some talk programs too now. You know what I mean? But it is an operation in kind of returning to creating kind of a black radio presence. You know what I'm saying? Where, you know what I mean? You know, but I think, I think there's great potential in us building, you know, you got to build up what people are going to listen to. And then also you got to get people listening. You know what I mean? So there's a, there's a, there's a device there of connecting the community to what, what's, what the programming is, right? Because every hour it's a different community member's perspective. You know what I'm saying? And how they see the world musically. And then they got this other stuff. So I think that's a great effort and I'm supported. And I'm going to get Ambush on the show, on the, the podcast. And my man Deloney, get you back on the podcast this year. Um, like these, we really do, th- these individuals, you know, Cody Anderson and Tony Brown passing, I think is a reminder that like how important people who, you know, speak to you are and then also people who put together the structure so you can get that content so you can get that information um it, it, it i i i i feel like in some ways we're at a place where it's almost like we took for granted the idea that like people should be in broadcast like in you know, all these different mediums you know even with, in terms of us hearing our own perspectives mm-hmm. um and I, I think people are trying to in different ways correct that you know, and so you get the sense that there's, there's thousands and thousands of voices out there. Um, but I think it, 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 it really matters if someone is writing stories, something you brought up around the power of the local paper, like that someone's really writing stories about what's going on in your neck of the woods. Like, like it, it may seem insignificant compared to like the bright lights and glamour and, and the glitz and the shine and the, you know, the studio lights of a CNN show or a CNBC show or Fox news show. But, you know, in terms of really knowing your community, if you have a real dope little local news hour every, you know, weekly or something, or even on the, on the, on the public access channel where people are speaking to stuff that's happening in your area, we might learn more from that in the future. <laughs> Than we would right. from whatever the, even your local, you know, nightly news was talking about. Cause you know, we know, we, we know what they talking about. Doom and gloom. Look out for the black boogeyman. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like <laughs> when I first moved here and they said it was a dark skinned white person. And I said, what the <laughs> hell is a dark skinned white person? You know what I mean? So I think um, it, it's, and I guess I should touch on too, especially with like the role of, of a program manager like Cody Anderson, because I think sort of the administrator of, you know, systems like that, I think sometimes we can devalue like kind of, oh, well, you know, it's just a process. That's just a body of suit. You know what I mean? When you get into that particular analysis of like systems and built and, and operations, but you actually do need, like, if you want to produce media, um, you don't do anything. You need somebody that's good at managing the stuff <laughs> and making sure mm-hmm. all the, all the pieces are in place. So the people that are doing, you know, maybe are doing the music playing, if it's a music operation, but if it's some other type of business um, that creates something that people access, that mm-hmm. those people that create the, the content, you know what I mean? They can do their thing knowing they have a support base that's, you know, in the infrastructure to keep it going. <laughs> no, know? that's right. You've got, we, we have to, two points were there. One, we have to stop, <sighs> deifying the the front person and relegating the system. It's one of the challenges we've had in our community in so many different ways. We deify the front person, the front person goes on to greater heights. And then we forget about the person that was working to make make that system work. 
Um, and the other thing that I was going to say, just in regard to what you said, is about the role of scale. Like, obviously, at some point, as, as society changed up a little bit and we started getting more access to different things, you know, it really started being about how can something blow up, right? So something just, just ain't in your city, it's in 10 cities. Or now I'm syndicated, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, praise is due to that. But, you know, that one person is getting messages out there, and that's great. But in scale, we lost specificity. And sometimes in scale, we lose relationships. So even to your point about like radio shows, right now it's probably like four or five morning black morning shows in the country. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everyone listens to Ricky Smiley or you know what I'm saying, insert person, which is fine for a, a collective form of fun. And then even the idea that like every station can't afford, you know, those people to come in. And there's there's an efficiency to 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 that idea. There's also the missing idea of someone talking to you from Portland in the morning, talking about Portland issues right? versus like you hearing content from Texas or Atlanta. You know, and I think that's, there's a broader context to that conversation, very similar to the black media, I mean, the black newspapers, but I just think um, there is a place um, for that kind of individualized, very vocalized content in our experience. We have a lot that's universal. I think we do need some more stuff that's more personal and specific. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I you know to the to 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 the families, uh, uh, Cody Anderson, uh, Tony Brown, man. You know, one love must you know respect, love and respect to y'all, and thank you. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sure it was nice that they was out doing you know black radio stuff that you wanted them to kick it with you. You know what I mean? When you know the community appreciates. You know what I'm saying? Um, the impact. And um, yeah, I got the phenomenon, though, I guess I would say, too, I was trying to think about um, <clears throat> other, other, there was a song that he, that Tony Brown used to end with. I can't remember if it was the, uh, see, that's why I was just failing to remember. It'll come back to me. I'm see if I can figure it out. Uh, because I remember being like, it was sort of like, all right, this Tony Brown's about to wrap up now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know, you probably the song like, you know, it was over. Like somebody was being like, okay, no, so the party's over. Though. So, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's like almost like, go to bed, boy. What the hell are you doing? Stewing up? But like, I'm, I don't know why I'm up. I'm trying to express my independence. It's two a.m. You know what I'm saying? Let's see if I get through this uh, level of contra or something. You know what I'm saying? You know, whatever. I was doing all up late at night for no good reason, but. Yeah, man, but I mean, you know, so that would be, yeah. So much love and respect to them, and thank you for making me aware, guy. Because I like I said I hadn't even, hadn't even popped up on, uh, slightly well, enough on my news feed. See, this well, is, that's my thing. The only reason it does is because again, going back to more localized news feeds, right? Like if I'm watching for Philadelphia news, if I'm following somebody, it's going to come up, right? So like. Fortunately, frankly, sometimes via Instagram, if you're following somebody from a city, you can start to learn about that very personalized content. Mm. That can be, that can then take you to go. Because I saw it on either Councilman Kenyatta Johnson's page or something like that. Where it was like, he said it. I'm like, okay, that happened. Let me go to Inquirer. Let me click the tribute. Let me do this. Okay, bet. Here's the information. Three days later, I might be on Facebook. So one of my my godmother, I think it was. Hey, Cody, I mean, 
you know, Tony Brown died. You know what I mean? So because we don't really, again, even if we have like national black reviews, it doesn't kind of break down into specifics. But I just think um, to your point, you know, thanks to people who give of themselves for the greater good and that the, that the struggles of that are often felt not just by those people, but also by their families um, that we can that we can forget about and making sure going back to the Lover's Rock that we're about creating community, true community, not community in words and not community in construct, but the true relationship of, of community to, to be there with each other. So Absolutely. that's it for me. All right. Well, I think you said it. I think you said it well. So with that, I'm going to say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic, for joining me. Thank you for listening. Please, please uh, share, uh, listen, you know, like, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts, especially on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, if you want to support Dash Old Head Podcast and, and related productions, you know, always become a patron at Patreon. Just search for Ash Oldhead and pick a selection that works for you. You can also uh, hit the Etsy shop and grab a sweatshirt uh, with the new season coming of my standard uh, core interviews. Uh, we'll be doing doing a new shirt or two and some other things. So keep an eye out for that. You know, it's been a a winter. You know, but spring and summer are coming. And, um, you know, lots and lots in store. So thank you for listening. Please share uh, wide and, um, you know, free willing. You know what I mean? Just put it on out there wherever you at, man. Put somebody else on, you know, to what's happening here. And like I said, um, putting this new season together of uh, individual interviews, you know, with black men. Um, and well as some other little, some new, some new twists and turns. So uh, I appreciate you. And thank you for listening. Peace.